Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley, and uh, I don't know if I'm hosting or just sort of like standing over a room, but we've got the entire IC crew here for the annual prediction show. And Greg and Buck, it used to be just us doing this, but now we've added Taylor Vipolis, Taylor. Welcome to the uh, to the event, Ross, John Siegley, and Jason Staples. And, and if we get lucky, Mike Ingersoll might chime in. He's on vacation, so who knows if he comes or not. But we're going to go game by game, fellas, and we're going to try to keep it somewhat organized. It could get a little hectic, uh, but I'm going to start with Buck Sanders, and I'm going to start with the University of California Buck, your pick, North Carolina, Cal, September 1 in Berkeley. Win for UNC. Buck's down for a W. I'm going to go with Greg. Greg, your pick. Loss, UNC. Taylor, you're up. New guy. I'm going win, UNC. Ross? I'm going to go win. I'm liking Ross and and Taylor so far. (laughs) John, UNC loss. Ooh. Oh, that was kind of a bait and switch there. Jason. I think Cal's going to lose that game. Hell, I'm making this confusing. I'm going with <laughs> a, a California win. <laughs> I'm going with a win for California. And the reason why, and I get to offer my explanation for this game, is I, I believe that Carolina beats a P5 opponent to start a season when I see it. So, game two. Carolina travels to East Carolina. East Carolina is not good. <laughs> Carolina has not had uh, luck down there recently, maybe ever. Uh, Greg, I'll start with you. Carolina, East Carolina, week two, September 8th, down in Greenville. I think North Carolina wins this one. Uh, I don't think it's going to be probably the blowout that a lot of Carolina fans think just because they're going to Greenville and this will be their big game. But but I do think North Carolina wins this one. Taylor, you're up. Carolina and the Pirates in Greenville. I do think UNC is going to get the win. I think the fact that they've lost the past two games against ECU kind of uh, helps them out where they can't overlook this game. And I think this is a game that's uh, going to kind of get away from the Pirates. Buck, your choice. UNC win. Ross, and I'll keep it in the same order now that we've started. I gave Buck the uh, privilege of going first since he's the elder statesman in game one. But, Ross, your pick. Not Carolina to mention the smartest guy in the room. I think, uh, I think UNC wins, and I think it's a critical game. If they lose against ECU, I mean, the wheels will come off early and the, and the natives will get restless. So, I think UNC, it's almost like a, almost a must win at, at that point in the season. Oh, you still in my terms must win, John. 
It is a must win. Larry Fedora better win this game or it will be ugly. But uh, I think Carolina does pull it out. Jason, the heels, I think last time Carolina was in Greenville, they gave up 146 points or something or another. But uh, do we expect the same game September 8th or is, is this a completely different ball game for the Heels Pirates? Totally different pirate coaching staff. I'm going with UNC in this one. All right, guys, moving right along. We're coming to the national champions coming to Keenan <laughs> Stadium. <laughs> UCF comes into Keenan Stadium. First game at home for North Carolina. Hopefully all the seats are in. They assure us they will be, but I know that the seats uh, where you and I will be sitting uh, may be going in as we speak, but I'm going to start with Greg. Greg, Carolina UCF, Keenan Stadium. Actually, Greg, hold on. Before you start, Tommy, you didn't give us your ECU prediction, man. Man, I'm not even picking that game because if it is. Oh, you oh, got to pick it. To. You have no. To. no. no. You, you, you can't, can't wimp you, out like that. No. I'm not wimping out, but Carolina's going to win. They're going to win big down okay. in East Carolina. If they don't, um, I agree with what Ross said. If they don't, then that's trouble on the horizon. Uh, certain members of the coaching staff may not make it through October if Carolina loses to East Carolina. Greg, Carolina UCF. I'll make this easy. Mackenzie Milton. That's all you need to know. Central Florida victory at Keenan. Taylor, you're next on the list, so you're next to pick Carolina, Central Florida, and Keenan. Yeah, the only note I had was Mackenzie Milton, best quarterback UNC faces this year. I think UCF wins this game uh, by double digits. Ooh. Last time a a directional school from Florida came to Keenan Stadium, I think it was South Florida, if my memory serves, and they worked Carolina that day. Buck, your take on Central Florida and North Carolina and Keenan Stadium. Well, the uh, ESPN FPI gives UNC almost a 70% chance to win this game, 67.8%. But I'm going to pick Central Florida. I th- I'm, I'm with uh, with Greg on the uh, Milton McKenzie aspect of the game. Um, I think that's going to be a tough game for UNC. Ross, Carolina could be 2-0. and They could be 1-1. One and one. They could be 0-2. But Central Florida opens the home slate in Keenan Stadium. And this is a game that uh, you know, four years ago, people thought was a sure win. Not so much these days. Your take? Yeah, I think uh, they have too much talent returning. I think it will be a closer game than and maybe some people think. Um, I do think UCF wins because of that quarterback, because of their success last year. Even though they, they lost a lot, including including former UNC cornerback Mike Hughes. But the, the Tar Heels lose, and the, the Knights come out with a win. John, your take? I think Carolina is going to lose this game because it's going to be more of a shootout. And in that situation, I think UCF has the better quarterback play. Look, maybe Nathan Elliott will prove us all wrong and the Carolina offense will be clicking. But as of as things stand right now, I think that the Knights will pull it out. Jason, your take on Central Florida. I mean, these guys have really risen fast. They're solid program. They lost a little bit from last year, but still... Uh, they come into Keenan Stadium. They're going to be good. They're going to be hot, most likely. Your take? Central Florida by a touchdown plus. I've got mm-hmm. uh, 
I've got basically the prop. One of the problems there is that that's the point where I think some of the suspensions and the lack of depth through the first two weeks start to kick in and you're getting your best, best opponent through those three games. So it's a the bad, bad spot. Isn't it funny how Carolina schedules these games so far in advance and then teams turn out to be fantastic, but, and all of us remember Utah, mm-hmm. uh, wasn't much South Florida, wasn't much Louisville. Uh, Louisville wasn't much. Rutgers wasn't any good. Um, And then they came in, I think, with Ray Rice um, in Keenan Stadium several years ago. I agree. UCF, uh, it's a game that five years ago you never thought a P5 team or a North Carolina team would ever lose. But times have changed. I'll take y'all's word for it on the quarterback. I think Carolina could win it. I think it might be a tough one. I'm going to go UCF wins in Keenan. Uh, by this much, and that's a touchdown or less. Let's move on, Greg. We're going to the ACC season, and Carolina is, is lucky this year, I think. They don't have to play Georgia Tech to start the ACC season. It seems like every other year they do, but Pitt comes to Keenan Stadium, and for whatever reason, Larry Fedora has had huge success against Pittsburgh. Greg, does it continue this year? I think it does. North Carolina has had a, a very bad string of uh, ACC openers in terms of, I don't know exactly what it is, but it's like lost 14 of 16, something like that. I do think that changes. Getting Pitt uh, is beneficial. And while I do think the Panthers will be a little bit better, they got a good quarterback. Uh, I think North Carolina wins this one to improve to 2-2. Two and two. Taylor, your take on the Panthers coming to Chapel Hill. It's been a uh, the Panthers have been a good um, sort of get back on the right track game for Carolina in the last couple of years. Yeah, every game that UNC has won against Pitt has been pretty close, and it seems like Narduzzi loses the game every year for them by getting away from what's working. But I think this is the year that they finally get a win against uh, North Carolina. Oh, so you're taking the Pitt Panthers in Keenan Stadium against Carolina. Taking Pitt, yeah. Nice buck. He makes a point there. It seems like James Conner probably could have run for a couple hundred, maybe 300 yards over the years against Carolina. They've quit running the ball for whatever reason. Your take on Carolina and Pittsburgh. Well, uh, I'm going to go with your philosophy. Um, Whenever Pittsburgh beats North Carolina, that's when I'll start picking them the next year. Um, you, You took that. Um, attitude with a, who was it? East Carolina, California, whenever Fedora beats his first P5 team, that's when you'll pick him. Uh, well, Pittsburgh hadn't beaten North Carolina yet, so I'm, I don't think they're going to beat them this year either. I actually remember Dan Marino beating Carolina 7 6 in what, 80, 81, 82? Yeah, I remember that He's, too. We're, we're probably yeah, old. We're probably the only ones that were alive for that. But Ross, your take on Carolina and Pittsburgh. Yeah, and, and Pitt plays North Carolina after having played Penn State and Georgia Tech. And, and Georgia Tech, they play Georgia Tech on uh, September 15th and, and face UNC on September 22nd. So they're probably going to come into the game a little bit, a little bit beaten up. And I'm going to pick the heels to, to get the win over the Panthers at home. Great point on Pitt and Penn State. They do not like each other. John, your take. Well, Carolina is Pitt's boogie team, to borrow a phrase that they use on, in the soccer universe. For whatever reason, Larry Fedora just pulls this game out, whether by hook, by crook, or just 
Narduzzi having a brain fart after one after the other. So I'm going to stick with UNC pulling this one out. Jason, Carolina gets Pitt to open the HCC season. Do they open it successfully? I think so. Uh, I'm, I'm with I'm with Buck here uh, on that logic. I just think this is one of those defensive matchups where Fedora, for whatever reason, his system matches up really well against Pitt. And in the day that Pitt is able to cover Carolina's receivers downfield reliably uh, is is going to be the you know the time when they they finally uh, come through in this one. But I, I think this receiver group is going to be tough for them to match up with, and I'm going to take I'm going to take Carolina open open with a win against Pitt. I agree with that. I think this is the game. We'll see if uh, the talk about Elliott and the deep ball holds water. I think Carolina's always had success you know, throwing the ball over the top against Pittsburgh. I think they'll have to do it to beat Pittsburgh this year. Uh, I think Carolina takes this one, you know, probably pretty close, 28-23 type ball game. But I think Carolina, if my memory serves in this podcast, I think I've got Carolina going to 2-2 two and two and 1-0 in the ACC with a win over Pitt. All right, guys, I'm going to take a quick break. Let Ross tell us about a, a brand new sponsor for this Inside Carolina podcast. Pretty awesome deal, Ross. Tell us what you got. Thanks, Tommy. Yeah, we've partnered with Away to Go Travel, which is also Heels Travel. And it's a local sponsor that reached out to us and wanted to advertise on the Inside Carolina podcast. And they've partnered with us to provide a better travel alternative for UNC Away games. Chuck Joyce, the president of Heels Travel, is a diehard UNC fan. And a Greensboro native goes to all the UNC football and basketball games. And he, he, he wants us to help him get the word out. So right now, Heels Travel is selling packages for the Cal and UNC game. It's only three weeks away. He only has six packages left. Packages include round-trip airfare from RDU to San Francisco, a round-trip bus ride to and from the airport and the hotel, and a three-night hotel stay in Hotel Chatuck, which is right in Berkeley, California. So you're going to be walkable to the stadium which is gonna be really cool the travel pack the travel package makes everything easy it takes away the headache of trying to find places to stay trying to find the best uh, price for flights and any other hassles associated with traveling so right now go to heelstravel.com or call 336-855-0060 for them to hook you up again that's heelstravel.com or call 336-855-0060 it's going to be a really cool trip right there in Berkeley to catch out the heels, uh, watch the heels take on Cal. So, again, they're also going to do packages for East Carolina and Virginia, both road games for use for UNC. And they're going to set up packages for when the Tar Heels uh, head to Las Vegas over Thanksgiving weekend and play Kentucky in Chicago on December 22nd. So there's some awesome opportunities to go see the heels in football and basketball. Again, heelstravel.com or 336-855-0060. I've said it last time on the podcast when Ross told us about that great deal. There is no excuse not to travel and see the Tar Heels play. If you've not been to the Bay Area, it is a very, very cool trip. Lots of stuff to do. Carolina and Cal in Berkeley, Labor Day weekend. What better way to do it? HillsTravel.com. All right. So the first four games are over with. It's a string that if Carolina can get through, two and two or even three and one it sort of sets up for the heels to have a a nice season i think but we're going to miami we're all going to go down to miami bucks place bucks taking us all to miami for this game we're going to club live <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to see the hurricanes 
and Carolina, Greg, on Thursday night. Uh, Miami's got the hype. I think they lived up to some of the hype last year. They certainly look very good at times, but then they leave Carolina in the game. They leave Duke in the game last year. Your take, Carolina, Miami down there. This game to me just has a classic. North Carolina goes on the road for a, a primetime game, and like a lot of teams do, they they play well first half, keep this close, give the fan base something to be excited about. But then Miami's talent and depth comes through, and I think the Hurricanes win this one by by double digits. Tyler, your take going down there, not uh, the barren landscape that it has been. Uh, many times over the last few years, but Carolina Hurricanes down there. I think Miami wins. They play Florida State the next week after UNC, so it's a situation where you're kind of hoping they're overlooking uh, the Tar Heels, but when they're at their best, they're a top-10 team. But Carolina down there, I think Carolina's won, hadn't they won a couple times in the last uh, six years, six or seven years, but They've also uh, taken one on the chin down there. Your take on how Carolina fares down in Miami? Well, you know, I would say this is a a North Carolina loss, but I I would throw into the the equation that every single time that you expect Miami to blow UNC out, they end up losing the game somehow. But, you know, I I expect North Carolina to lose, and I'd say double digits this year. Ross, your take? Yeah, I think it could get kind of nasty. It's a short week for both teams, but um, you, Miami has Savannah State, Toledo, FIU before that game. Uh, UNC has a little tougher road before that contest against the Hurricanes. I think Miami, it could get nasty down there in, in South Beach. John? All right, this may surprise everyone. I'm going with the Carolina win here. For whatever reason, UNC just beats Miami sometimes randomly. And I think that this will be the year. I think it could just be a low-scoring game that Carolina does just enough. But I'm going with the Tar Heels actually pulling this one out. Do you want to make a bet on that game? Sure. (laughs) Yeah, five bucks. All right. I'll go whatever whatever number you want to get. All right. I'm reporting you guys to the state legislature, whoever, you know. I thought betting was legal. Greg, what's up? UNC has has won three of the last five down at Miami, so mm-hmm. there there is reason for optimism. I remember Tremaine Goddard <laughs> uh, intercepting that one. I believe it was him in the back of the end zone against the game that uh, that Carolina tried to let Miami drive the length of the field. Jason, your take: the Hurricanes versus the Heels. If only this wasn't uh, a little wasn't a short week where they would have had had to look ahead to the next week because their next week is Florida state. But, uh, and so, you know, they'd potentially be caught looking ahead, but no, I think Miami wins this game. And, and I think the talent talent differential there, uh, particularly on defense ultimately wins out. All right. So we head into the bye week. If my math, unofficial math, John helped me, who Ross helped me, whoever's keeping up. I think we've got Carolina two and three across the board, except Taylor may have, Taylor, do you have them two and three? Do you have them one and four? I can't two remember and what three. you do. So two every, and three. So everybody's got the heels two and three at this point going into. I got the them five. three. I got them three and three. In five games, that's impressive. I've yeah. got them three and two. I've got them beat. I'm sorry, three and two. That's what I mean. Yeah, I've got them beating Cal three and okay. two. Buck and I, Buck and I are on the same page. 
All right, a couple three and twos and four two and threes. Bye week comes, and they prepare for Virginia Tech. Now, Virginia Tech has outscored Carolina, what, Greg, roughly 100 or close to 100 to maybe 10 or 14 in the last two years. Uh, So Virginia Tech comes with some payback needed from Carolina. Not really sure what to think about the Hokies this year. Carolina will be five games in. Hokies will be, I believe, six games in. Your take on Carolina, Virginia Tech, and Keenan Stadium, October 13th. Yeah, I actually have North Carolina beating the Hokies. Um, I'm not not sold necessarily in what Virginia Tech can do this year. I think they eh, kind of middled about last year. They've had a lot of off-season attrition, had some some issues, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And then if you look at their schedule, while they start with Florida State, I mean, they've got William & Mary, East Carolina, ODU. So the pretty weak schedule early once you get past the Seminoles. And I think that that helps North Carolina. And so I do. I have the Tar Heels winning this one. Taylor, your take on the Hokies coming to town. I, I went to the game, and I wasn't uh, – in the press box like Greg and Ross probably were and a buddy of mine drove up there two years ago and it took us two hours to get home cause all the roads were washed out. Still can't believe that game was played. <laughs> Hopefully the weather's a little bit better this year. Taylor, your take Carolina, Virginia tech. I have the slide continuing Virginia tech with the win, which would make it four straight losses for UNC. I think with coach Fuente's team, just the way his team needs to play, it's more sustainable. And uh, I just think Virginia Tech's ceiling is a little higher than UNC's. I like that. They play more of a safe – they they can play safe or relatively safe and still have success. I think Carolina's got to go a little bit more um, for broke in certain games. Buck, your take on Carolina and the Hokies? Well, there's a – since they beat North Carolina 59 to seven, uh, North Carolina's going to have to close an awful lot of gaps to be competitive in this game, regardless of the turnover in a single year. Um, the, um, the thing about Virginia tech though, is, uh, for whatever reason, I, I like Justin Fuente and I think he's a good coach. But they haven't been able to run the ball very well there. Now they run ran for 181 on North Carolina last year. But if North Carolina is has shown through the first several games that they can stop the run a little bit better, I give UNC somewhat of a chance. But I'm, right now I'm going with a loss for North Carolina. Ross, your take. I think this is the game last year, uh, and we've talked about it on this podcast over the summer. I think Carolina – quit against Virginia Tech up there and whether it's a a mental thing or whatever Carolina's got to come out strong against the Hokies Ross your take on how they bounce back from the embarrassment of last year yeah and I think it's almost kind of like a a crossroads game you know if UNC is two and three or three and two a a win over Virginia Tech could really propel them forward a loss would kind of get them in a really tough stretch of, of games that they could lose more but I think Virginia Tech has the, the better quarterback, and that's super important in college. They did lose a lot on defense, a lot of players to the NFL, and they have had some attrition like Greg noted. So I do think Virginia Tech um, gets the win. I think it could be close, and, and it is a game that UNC could steal, but I'm picking Virginia Tech. 
John, your take, and I know you're giving me a hard time on Slack about my lack of predictions. Carolina's not going down to Miami and winning that game just to get that pick, prediction in, but your take on Hokies, Tar Heels. Look, if you would just do your job in the first place, tell me I wouldn't have to give you that <laughs> that kind of nonsense. Wow. Oh, yeah. You know how That's hard right. it is to herd cats? <laughs> no, I'd give so you we've been time, moving man. right along. We've given you no trouble. I know this has been quite well. So if John would just make his pick, we can keep it going. I know, right? All right. I mean, I, I just don't see a way that Carolina can win this game, to be frank. The next time that you, Carolina goes up and actually beats a Virginia Tech defense without an overwhelming t- talent advantage will be the first time. So I think Bud Foster is going to have Larry's number again this year. I see the Hokies winning this one. Jason, your thoughts? So what's the weather going to be like? <laughs> I mean, are we going to have a lot of wind? I mean, is it going to be, is, is it going to be water on the ground, water everywhere uh, that uh, I don't know. So I've gone back and forth on this game. Th- this, this is one of the toughest games to project in this, partly because Virginia tech had such a rough off season. I mean, they, they lost their entire secondary. Uh, they lost a coach. Uh, they, they, if, if this game were played early in the season rather than toward the middle, I probably would pick Carolina, but at the end of the day, I, I just, I, I think it's a, it kind of the flip side to, to Pitt, where I feel really comfortable about the matchup of Carolina's offense against Pitt's defense, just schematically the feel of it, the way that that's always gone. I, I feel the opposite way about, you know, that Bud Foster lunch pail defense, uh, no, I, I think this is one that, that Carolina absolutely could win. Uh, if, you know, at this point in the season, the, the breaks go well and the injury situation is fine, they absolutely could win this. But in a preseason podcast, I, I just have to pick Virginia Tech in this game. I agree with that thought. It's a game that uh, Carolina will certainly have ample reason to come out fired up for Virginia Tech may not be as good as they have been but Bud Foster just seems to put a product on the field that works uh, especially against a, a team like North Carolina so I'm gonna go with the Hokies John I'm putting this prediction out there but like Jason I don't I would not be overly surprised if Carolina found a way to win this game and I think uh, the first four five weeks of the season you know, if they do well, if they're above the waterline, I, I think they've got a better chance. It just depends on how that goes. But anyway, let's go to what I think is the easiest stretch of the season. I think Carolina, uh, three games, three away games in four weeks, but I think the Heels need to figure out a way to win three of these. Greg, at Syracuse. Syracuse is like the team in the ACC that you always forget is in the ACC unless you're in the Atlantic division. Uh, Carolina never seems to play them, and now Carolina goes up there uh, October 20th at Q's. Uh, probably a tougher game than you think, but your thoughts? Yeah, I think I think Syracuse up there presents some problems. Uh, number one, for whatever reason, since Dino's been there, Syracuse has played well early in the season and then just tanks in November, and I think part of that is lack of depth last year, of course. Uh, Dungy got hurt and that played a role. But I think when you've got a quarterback like him, they've got a pretty good defensive line coming back and the game's going to be up there. It gets loud in the carrier dome. 
And with North Carolina, from my perspective, coming off of a win against Virginia Tech, I think the Orange uh, win this game. I remember Hurricane Fran, Hurricane Floyd, whatever it was, Carolina went up. We had no power. Carolina went to Syracuse and won up there. Taylor, I don't even know if you were born yet because y'all are all young. But <laughs> I think it was. It's 96. Uh, yeah, I was born in 94. <laughs> wow. So uh, your thoughts on Carolina and Syracuse up there? I think UNC wins this game. Kind of like Jason was saying about the Virginia Tech game, if this game was earlier in the schedule, I would have a totally different opinion on it. But I think Syracuse is kind of too reliant on Eric Dungy and the way he plays. It's just hard for him to stay healthy, even coming off a of bye week. Um, so I think UNC gets kind of back on track with a win here. Buck, your thoughts? I remember that game well at the time. It was one of the first times Carolina had won a top 10 game on the road. And it was a pretty big deal for the state of North Carolina because I think half the state was underwater at the time that game happened. But your thoughts, Carolina-Syracuse, circa 2018? Well, uh, to get the 96 out of the way, there were three pine trees on my house at the time. So uh, I didn't get to go to that game in Syracuse. But I went to the one in 02 um, when uh, John Bunning took uh, Darian Durant up there and some guys and beat Syracuse in Syracuse where North Carolina has never lost. So for that reason and that reason alone, since North Carolina is undefeated and at Syracuse, I'm going with North Carolina with the win. Buck Sanders rivaling Greg Barnes with the stats off the top of the head. Ross, your take Carolina Syracuse. I think UNC wins. Uh, looking at Syracuse schedule from last year, they closed out with five losses, including a, uh, 64-43 loss to Wake, a 56-10 loss to Louisville, and a 42-14 loss to Boston College. Doesn't seem like they have much much momentum going into the season. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know too much about Syracuse football and their roster. But it seems like a game that UNC kind of has to win if they want to get to a bowl game and get to kind of that six, seven game range. So I'm going to take the Tar Heels come away with a victory. John, your thoughts? I think Carolina is going to actually lose this game. I see this one as being kind of the one maybe stinker game where the offense just doesn't click. The defense gives up a few bad plays. I mean, like you guys mentioned, Carolina's currently undefeated up there in the Carrier Dome, and I think the Syracuse Orange are going to know that. It's going to be the back of their minds, and they're going to have just a little bit extra gear to give. So I think this one's going to be a loss. John Siegley. John Siegley, Miami. North Carolina wins. Syracuse, they lose both road yeah. games. It's going to be that type of season. <laughs> Woo, doggy. It's going to be Jason. that type of season. Jason, Carolina goes up Syracuse. How do they do? So one of the interesting things to me about this matchup is that is Syracuse has been kind of secretly awful on defense against up-tempo teams, against up-tempo spread offenses. Last year, if I remember right, last year they gave up over 300 yards on the ground per game and four touchdowns per game to up-tempo spread offenses. So they, they defended other teams a little better. I think this is, a, is one of those where you combine how they've looked against, uh, against those spread teams that, that are doing what Carolina is going to be doing a lot of this year and uh, where it falls in the season. I, I like Carolina in this game. Nice. Carolina, Virginia, up there, October 27th. Well, you got you to pick, pick this one, too. Pick, Tommy. 
Oh, Lordy, y'all are killing me. Uh, hosting is hard, but somebody's got to do it. I think Carolina's got to win this game. I think they do win this game. If if Carolina can win this game, I see a um, above average result on the season. If they lose this game, I'm not sure uh, where we sit at this time next year talking about Carolina football. So I'm going to go Carolina wins at Q's for what uh, Buck said. They go up there, they play well. Different kids, different players, different coaches. Carolina plays well and wins at Syracuse. Uh, let's go to Virginia. And, Greg, you know, I I thought about all the suspensions. And, you know, as we got deeper in the season, I'm thinking all the suspensions, everything's clean. But it's not clean the way they've staggered these. And, the, you know, it, the, the staggering sounds good, um, you know, for a Cal game. But now when we're having the staggered, suspensions one of the defensive ends is going to be out for virginia carolina goes to a virginia team who i think bronco mendenhall said at acc media day he had what 20 acc caliber players or something of that nature your thoughts on carolina 27 acc caliber players on his roster so your thoughts on carolina cavaliers up there in charlottesville well the, the the funny thing about that comment is a lot of people that follow Virginia athletics and cover Virginia athletics thought it was nothing more than a motivational ploy by Bronco so that the young guys coming in the freshman class would say, Hey, we've got the opportunity to play. Uh, But that also kind of smacks the, uh, the returning players (laughs) pretty hard in the face. Regardless, I think he's right. I don't think they have a whole lot of talent. And for what used to be such a difficult place for North Carolina to play, especially when George Welsh was there and, of course, when Al Groh was there. It has not been that case in recent years, last decade. And I think North Carolina uh, goes up to Charlottesville. And even though Damon Fox is not playing, I, I think they handle the Cavaliers uh, pretty easily. Taylor, your thoughts? Once upon a time, Carolina couldn't win up there. Like Greg referenced, it was, what, 20-some years, but they've had some success. So how do they do this year up in Charlottesville? I think UNC wins this pretty easily. Talent-wise, Virginia just doesn't match up well with UNC, and I don't think Bronco Mendenhall was too far off with that 27 number. Buck, the funny thing about Virginia is George Welsh used to win eight games a year, pretty much, give or take, and Virginia fans got sick of it. Not sure what they've averaged since, but I'd wager it's not close to eight. Your thoughts on Carolina and the Cavaliers in Charlottesville? Well, you know, uh, being older than most here, in other words, everybody, um, I, I, I've seen a lot of bad football played in Charlottesville uh, and dealt with a lot of uh, unpleasant outcomes there. Meanwhile, Taylor, you never lost to Virginia, did you at all? No, um, I didn't. There you go. So, but I'm going with uh, North Carolina and Charlottesville. North Carolina's won, what, uh, seven out of the last eight? Yep, seven out of the last eight. Um, A couple of those games have been close, but several of them have been blowouts. So, um, I I think this is one that North Carolina wins, um, and uh, hopefully it won't be close. Ross, your thoughts? I mean, the Charlottesville crowd seems like it might be your type of crowd up there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the Are you talking about preppy and drunk? 
crow. <laughs> I didn't say drunk, you know, like the upper crust, you know, preppy, button down, uh, no tie, things like that. No disrespect. <laughs> Your thoughts on Carolina and the Cavaliers? I mean, I don't see any turtlenecks. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, God, I'm so offended right now. Um, I Listen, think... I was just going on what Tommy was throwing off there. I wouldn't, wouldn't yeah, mean anything I do, I do love, I do love Charlottesville. That's some great, great luck there. Um, I am going to pick UNC, but I'm picking UNC in every toss-up game, which is is not going to happen. So at some point, I'm going to have to pick <laughs> them losing one of these toss-up games. But I do see – I think Virginia, Virginia is not that great. I think the Tar Heels come out with a win in Charlottesville. Uh, great, you know, great mid-October game to get up there and watch the heels too. For those listening, John, your thoughts? Carolina travels to Charlottesville. Um, used to be a, a no-win zone. Now, not so much. Well, look. So, being as I fall in kind of that middle age between y'all old heads, and then Taylor being the young buck, um, I, I was actually there when Carolina broke the Charlottesville curse. That was my first away game ever. So, y'all are all welcome for that. Uh, and I think Carolina is going to continue their trend of winning in Charlottesville. Uh, Bronco just, I, I'm not sold on his tactics, really. I think last year was kind of just a flute game. And I see the heels being able to pull this one off in kind of an ugly game, but uh, comfortable at the end. Jason, your thoughts? I mean, going to Charlottesville, a lot of folks don't understand how it used to be. It used to be one of the nastiest places for Carolina to go play. And the rule on the sidelines was do not take your helmet off standing over here on the sidelines. Times have changed in Charlottesville. They've had a lot of empties in that stadium. But when Carolina comes calling, Jason, I think it'll be a rocking and rolling crowd. How did the Heels do up there? So this is one where I had to – I got to this point in the schedule and I had – basically toss-ups with this one and, and the following with Georgia, with Georgia Tech, and I wasn't really sh- sure which one I wanted to, to pick as a loss, but ultimately I settled on, uh, on this one as the one that, that UVA actually upsets Carolina uh, in this rivalry game. Uh, between those two games, I think they're slightly more likely to beat Carolina than, uh, than, than Georgia Tech, and I just I can't see Carolina winning every – again, this goes back to – uh, to what was already said about you're not going to win every every toss up game, or it's unlikely that you win every toss up game. And I think this one is going to be more of a toss up game uh, than a lot of people appreciate. And uh, and I think Mendenhall's a good coach. That staff's a good staff, even if they are limited talent wise. And I'm going to go with I'm going to go with UVA to pull this one out. All right, let's move along. You referenced Georgia Tech. They come to Chapel Hill and. Uh, Georgia Tech has not been kind. Paul Jackson's not been too kind to Carolina. The only game I can recall Carolina handling Georgia Tech in recent memory is when our good buddy Mark Paschal was on the field and Carolina won 28-7, to and I think that was in 2008. Is that right, Greg? Your thoughts on uh, the rambling wreck coming to Keenan Stadium? Yeah, that was. That was, what, 28-7, Butch's second year? Yeah, and I, I think the only there. the only time uh, Georgia Tech actually scored on that game was, I think Jonathan Dwyer broke like a seventy or eighty yard run on yep. that. Otherwise, Carolina dominated. Carolina has won, obviously, against them, but it's always been a tough game against the Yellow Jackets. 
It is. I think it'll continue to be this year, even though I think North Carolina's defensive line is going to be a strength. Uh, I think with the fact that, you know, Taquan Marshall's back, uh, pretty much all their starters on the offensive line's back. So I think the offense should be better. Uh, you know, Nate Woody comes in with a big reputation. He's had a lot of success at Appalachian State. So maybe you know, by that point in the season, he'll have the defense operating a little bit better than what they did last year. And so I think this is a game. I think it's going to be a close one. Uh, but I do think Georgia Tech uh, pulls this one out. All right, Taylor. Uh, Georgia Tech assignment football, you've been on those teams recently when uh, the Georgia Tech game plan has gone over, whether it's during the preseason, the game leading up. Your thoughts on the Yellow Jackets, Tar Heels? Yeah, I saw UNC looking for their first home win, and I don't think it happens here. I think Georgia Tech, they just returned too much on – offense including Taquan Marshall and I just think that option is too much for UNC Buck Sanders uh I remember uh, Paul Johnson said it whatever year it was 2014 or 16 when Carolina beat them they scored too fast and the best thing that happened to Carolina was they broke a 75-yard run and scored with like two minutes left. And it led to, I believe, T.J. Logan scoring the winning touchdown in Keenan Stadium. Can the Heels repeat uh, that W in Keenan this year? Yeah, that was 2014, uh, Tommy. And I- I'm trying to figure out what team it is that you and Greg follow uh, because uh, – North Carolina beat Georgia Tech by 28 points just year before last. Uh, not all the games have been close. North Carolina beat uh, Georgia Tech 48 to 20 in 2016 uh, in Chapel Hill. So, and they've won three out of the last four. That said, even after giving you all that grief, I'm picking uh, Georgia Tech in this game. And in fact. <laughs> And in fact, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Georgia Tech doesn't win the conference. If Miami slips, um, which they could do, um, that it wouldn't surprise me at all to see Georgia Tech win the conference. So uh, I think uh, Georgia Tech wins uh, in Keenan Stadium. Um, and, uh, you know, again, wouldn't surprise me if they don't play in the ACC championship. Ross, I'll go to you. I remember... Carolina tying Georgia Tech in 1990. I was a student there. That was the turning point for Mac Brown, uh, his career at North Carolina when they tied the eventual natural national champions. Ross Bucks got them possibly winning the ACC. Georgia Tech. Your thoughts on how they fare when they come to Keenan Stadium to face the Tar Heels? Yeah, I think UNC's weakness on defense is going to be linebackers and particularly the speed at the linebacker position. And so I think that comes into factor here uh, going against, obviously, a run-heavy triple threat, triple uh, you know, the triple option offense. And so I think UNC loses this game uh, when the Rambler come into town. John, your thoughts? Yeah, I'm going to stick with the theme here and say that Georgia Tech does win this game. And um, Buck, you actually stole them as my sleeper pick for ACC title. I'm just not a believer in Miami. And every now and then, Georgia Tech is just one of those teams where they have a randomly good season. And this could be the year for them, but we're not talking about Georgia Tech on this podcast. We're talking Carolina. But in this one, I do think the 
Ramblin' Wreck will come out on top as much as I absolutely despise Paul Johnson. I think the old guy gets a little bit of a bad rap. Um, but Put me in what, on that one, too. I kind of like Paul Johnson. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like the old school, you know, sort of curmudgeon, scruffy, curmudgeon, gruff kind of guy. But, Jason, your he, thoughts? He's, cert- I think- he's certainly not a media darling, is he? <laughs> Well, you know, yeah, I, I don't I think rather, he's a darling at all. Yeah, I, that <laughs> we can debate that whether we want darlings or football coaches uh, for another day. Jason, your thoughts on Yellow Jackets, Carolina? So I went with UVA in the last one, uh, and so I'm going to go with Georgia Tech in this one. But you could as easily flip those two outcomes, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't bat an eye. So I'm just going to, I'm going to take Carolina at home here after uh licking their wounds from from uva and and uh getting back uh to back to back to i think level if i if i'm reading this right but no i think you have them at five and four overall oh, um, five I, and four there we go yeah i've got everyone's oh, yeah. win yeah, loss if y'all want to hear it all right you can save it five <laughs> and four to, five and four to this point so get back <laughs> over 500 all right let's go let's let's get this rolling a little faster let's pick up some steam greg Carolina goes to Duke. I, I mean, you got to give Cutcliffe credit. He's got Duke uh, to be a good football team, a good sound football team. They've beaten Carolina a fair amount recently, but once upon a time, they couldn't beat Carolina to save their lives. Um, even when Carolina had Greg Little out there, in fact, Little scored the game winning touchdown in overtime. I think that was back in 2008. So, what about your pick against Georgia Tech again? Oh my God, y'all are Tommy. killing me. I'm trying to intentionally avoid these. <laughs> and what was your pick against Virginia too, Tommy? I think they beat Virginia. I think they lose to Georgia Tech. Okay. All right. So at Duke, Greg, <laughs> as we get back to where we're going, uh, this is one of those games that the fan base insists that Carolina wins. Uh, your thoughts as Carolina travels to Durham? Yeah, I think – the odd thing about Duke is that while Cutcliffe has his reputation as a great offensive mind, you know, his last, most of his teams at Duke, but really his last five or six teams have really been known for the defense. And I think you know, that's going to be the strength again this year. But I think there's reason to think that Daniel Jones, although he seemed to regress a bit last year, I think he kind of lives up to his billing and I think the offense is better. And so I think as Jason said, so many of these games are toss-up games and it's not just for unc it's for a lot of these teams in the acc outside of fsu clemson and even miami they're all just kind of equal but i think because this is on the road because cutcliffe has had success against fedora i think duke has more experience Uh, i I think that is why duke wins yet again and uh, this carolina fans are not going to like it but but i do think duke wins uh, in durham that would get the natives restless. Taylor, your thoughts? I mean, this game, uh, Carolina and Duke, I know Mike Ingersoll has talked on this podcast. I know Chaykos has talked on this podcast. They usually get along with the Duke guys. Um, it's more, it's a rivalry, but it's not the bitter hatred as maybe the NC State rivalry is. But it seems like over the you know last few years, you talk, talk about the Shaquille Rashad incident with the Vernon kid and other other moments in the rivalry there's not a whole lot of love yeah the locker locker room room, the uh, fifteen thousand dollar paint job um 
or whatever it costs. I wish um, I'd go paint for the a living if I could make that much money painting the locker I think room. carpet was involved too, Tommy. <laughs> yeah, you're That's right. But Taylor, as I make a long story short, your thoughts, Carolina going to Duke. Yeah, there's a lot of games that I have as toss-ups, but I don't think this one's a toss-up. I think Duke wins this. Daniel Jones, he got kind of banged up midway through the year, and that's when Duke kind of struggled, but he got healthier late, finished the season with three straight wins. I just think this is the most talented team Coach Cutcliffe's kind of had, and it's just led by a strong defense. Good stuff. Taylor is bringing the heat, staying focused as we fumble around in the dark. But your thoughts, Carolina going to Durham, uh, this is this is the rivalry football game for us old guys. Yeah, uh, for you maybe not so much for me. I, 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 <laughs> the NC State game is more uh, closer to my heart over the years. But um, you know, I I think North Carolina wins because I think Fedora has to win this game. Um, I, I think he has to beat Duke, and there's yet another game on the schedule that I think he has to win. So I, I think they have to go to Durham and they have to win this game. You know, that there's a, a point you can cross where you lose to a, a crosstown rival one too many times before it's a stain that won't come out. And uh, so I, I think the, the pressure is on this year uh, for North Carolina to, to uh, win this game. And uh, again, you know, we're, we're doing the best we can in the preseason with what we know. I don't think Duke's running game is going to be all that good this year. They've got Britton Brown, and so far as I can tell, not much else. So if North Carolina can do better at stopping the run this year, I think they win in Duke and maybe by double digits. Ross, your thoughts, Carolina and Duke? Yeah, I kind of agree with Taylor, the fact that this is a really talented Duke team, and especially with the fact that Daniel Jones is one of the better quarterbacks in the ACC. I think Where this do people a- get that, that he's a great quarterback? Has anybody ever looked at his stats? They're awful. <laughs> Where do you get that he's a great quarterback? I don't see. I saw him torch UNC from? two years ago. Saw him torch UNC and run for every third down against UNC two years ago. Well, against UNC, maybe he looked great, but. He he threw fourteen touchdowns and eleven interceptions last year. Yeah, Where I do mean, people get that he's like some you know Brett Favre numbers guy? I, I don't I get it. Like that nerd. I really look at numbers. Ross is a field guy, and he yeah. feels like I mean, Daniel Johnson said he could be a top you know top three round pick uh, in the in the NFL. So, uh, but yeah, I'm gonna pick uh, Duke. I think Duke uh, wins that one, and that's a tough loss if, if that does indeed happen. Uh, uh Ross, we, we get on each other here and uh don't take it personal. But but Bug gets fired up and I agree <laughs> with him. John, your take, Carolina and Duke. So real quick, Ross, you had Carolina winning up in Durham, right? Yeah. I I had right. uh had a, he had losing. Carolina losing in Durham. Losing. Okay, losing, gotcha. All right. Trying to make sure we got get everything straight here. Um I actually think Carolina's gonna pull this one out. I, it, there's just a whole lot on the on the line. I think this game will really matter to the coaching staff, to the players. So I do think that the Tar Heels will actually pull this one out. So there you go. Jason, thoughts? I mean, this is a game that Carolina, uh, probably like Buck said, needs to win. Larry Fedor really needs to win, do they? Yeah, they may need to win it, but I don't think they will. Um, I, I, I've got I've got Duke as a 
as as my dark horse for the for the coastal. Uh, it, they're going to have to stay healthy, of course, and that's that's really. I mean, I think the team that stays healthiest among about three or four teams in the coastal is going to end up winning it. But I think Duke's uh, basically a year ahead in terms of development, and uh, I like their advantage at quarterback, Buck, <clears throat> and. Uh, <laughs> I, I just I, you mean with their first round draft think, pick Daniel Jones? <laughs> yeah, first round might be stretching it a bit, but you know I think I I think Duke uh, should be favored in this game, and uh, and and I think they they probably I'm I'm going to go with them to probably win this one. All right, uh, it's one of those games uh, you mentioned health, and I think the team that's healthier uh, wins this game, and I think Duke maybe doesn't have the depth. Uh, that a lot of teams have. I do think uh, they played Miami the week before, by the way, Tommy. So yeah, just... and that was a that was a fun one a couple of years ago in Durham when Miami was there, and you know probably had seven knees on the ground and still ended up winning on the last play. But I, I think Carolina is the healthier team. Become November the, the week after playing Georgia Tech. Uh, yeah. man, stop. Stop bringing facts into my argument. <laughs> there um, is that that post Georgia Tech hangover that I forgot to mention as well. That's the other the other factor here because yeah. after a week after playing them up front, that's that's kind of a problem. Yeah, I think Duke plays similar up front. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I I think it's a game Carolina's got to win. I think it's a game that Larry Fedora's got to win. I think Carolina's going to win uh, just because I can't bring myself to pick Duke in much of anything. So I'm going with Carolina win in Durham. Western Carolina, I think we all agree Carolina is going to win that game. Uh, I'm going to go through the list. I need one name in a hurry. Offensive MVP for North Carolina. Still got one game to go after Western Carolina, Tom. Absolutely. We've got the we've got a game left. But Western Carolina, Greg, uh, offensive MVP for North Carolina. Chas Rat. Oh. Holy. Taylor. Holy moly. I'll say Bo Corrales. Nice, Buck. Chase Reuter. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. This is for the whole season? Is that what we're talking no, about? This no, is no, for Western, Western Carolina. Carolina. Just the oh. Carolina okay, guy. Okay, that makes gotcha. the Carolina answer a little different. Ross Martin. I'll go Antonio Williams. Nice pick. John. Uh, I'm going to go with, I don't know, Antoine Green. Jason. <laughs> I'm going to go with Antoine Green as well. Nice. Interesting picks. We'll see. Let's go. Last game, Carolina, North Carolina State. It's in Chapel Hill. Um, no, it's not. It is. <laughs> yes, it is. Wait a second. It's in Chapel Hill, Buck. That's a number. Okay. Buck. Gotcha. It's in Chapel Hill, Thanksgiving weekend. <laughs> I'm leaving that in there. Uh, <laughs> that needs to be in there. Yeah, we're, we're, this is a non-edit podcast, folks, so enjoy it. Uh, Greg, Carolina NC State, we we can sort of flesh this one out a little bit more, but Carolina State in Keenan Stadium, I'm not sure there's been a bigger football game, <laughs> and I'm going to catch grief for this, in the Larry oh, Fedora man. era than this one. Is it a must win, Tommy? Uh, yes. Greg, your thoughts. I'm going to give you a bonus pick with this one. Uh, I've got North Carolina losing, of course, to to Georgia Tech and then at Duke. And so they beat Western to get to five and six on my schedule. 
They beat NC State, which they need to do for reasons that uh, that the Buck mentioned earlier. And then I got them winning their bowl game as well to go to seven and six and give them a little bit of cushion heading into 2019. Nice. So who do they beat in the bowl game, Statman? <laughs> like uh, Missouri State. How about that? And the quick lane bowl in Detroit. <laughs> All right, Taylor, Carolina and NC State, it's, uh, it'll be an interesting one no matter what the records are heading into it. Yeah, I have UNC going into the game five and six. But kind of like the Virginia Tech game, their style of play is easier to replicate week to week. So I have NC State. I think Finley's too much. Kelvin Harmon's a legit first-round pick at wide receiver. So too much Wolfpack. Ooh, now I wonder how many times in the past few years a State's been five and six going into the Carolina game or something about that. But, Buck, your thoughts on Carolina and NC State and Keenan Stadium? In Keenan uh, Stadium, Buck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you now. Uh, I, I, I just like the Duke game. I think this is a game North Carolina has to win, and they and, and because they have to win it, uh, that they will. So uh, I'm going with North Carolina over NC State in Keenan Stadium on uh, the 24th of November. Ross, Carolina and State. Yeah, it's a tough one to pick. I mean, obviously, I think State has the the quarterback and maybe the offensive advantage, but I think they're what State lacks is on defense, having to replace nine senior starters in that whole defensive line and i think unt has the advantage with the with the home field advantage there so i'm gonna go very close game but but unc getting the win at home to close out the year and get to that that six win range john Siegley. i like i like i like the, the your uh, what you said about their quarterback much better than daniel jones i think <laughs> well i mean Finley, I think, is maybe the – I think you can make an argument. He's the third best quarterback in the ACC. and um, he, call, he might be better than that. Yeah. And, you know, call me shook, but I just – I don't have any faith in that Carolina can pull this game out. I'm sorry. Uh, I think, honestly, NC State and, and their coaches and their players, I think that they just still have a little bit of an edge over the Tar Heels in terms of want in this game. I think that's kind of changed, but – uh, you know, I don't think NC State's going to be intimidated at all by UNC's crowd. We can – it is a home game, but it's over Thanksgiving. Frankly, I don't have a whole lot of faith that the UNC faithful are going to be there to provide that top-end home field advantage that they should. And I don't think State's going to be intimidated. I think they're going to come in. I think they know that they're going to score some points. And I, I just see State pulling it out. Uh, to our listeners, that's John Siegley. It is not Tommy Ashley talking. He's the other host of these podcasts. Send all those comments to him. Oh, yeah. Send them <laughs> no on. Come on. Calls out the fan base and the team in one pick. I don't necessarily disagree, John, uh, but I had to throw you under the bus. Jason, Carolina and NC State, last game of the season, potentially for both teams. Your thoughts? This one's a really hard one. I think it's going to be a very uh, a very close game. And again, once you're getting into November, so many games are determined by which which team has has stayed healthier. But uh, the thing that I just can't get over when picking this game is that NC State has looked like the more physical team late in the year each time they've played. Even when Carolina won a couple of years ago, they they won because they had Mitch Trubisky and that offense was was humming. But Carolina State looked like the more physical team even then. They won. And that was that was Marquise. Marquise. That was Marquise. I'm sorry, you're right. You're right. 
You're that right, was when Elijah right. Hood but busted that off, him. But that offense was humming, and Hood ran all over him and so on. But, um, again, it was not a game where they came in and just physically looked like the more physical team. Uh, yeah, my, my, uh, my memory's getting worse these days. But, but uh, that's the part that I can't get over. And when it comes down to it, the better quarterback, uh, I think, is, is at NC State. And I think the team that is, that's more physical up front is, is NC State. And that's, that's who I'm going to go with to, to win this game. I think it's, pro, it's a pretty, pretty much a direct toss-up, but that's how I'm going to go with it. To be fair to Jason, Mitch Trubisky did throw a touchdown in that game when uh, Mark Quise's helmet came off. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. He did. And uh, that was a game that Carolina was up so quick, they kind of hit them. But once it settled in, it sort of evened out. I- I'm on pick Carolina, but I do so hesitantly for opinions already shared. State has come in and knocked Carolina in the mouth. Uh, but for the first quarter of that season – of that game in 2015 every time and it cannot happen again otherwise i think we're having uh, a lot of conversations about a lot of different people after the season but i'll pick carolina uh, john you've been keeping the notes give us everybody's final prediction on wins and losses all right so if i'm wrong on anything guys here definitely chime in greg i have you as predicting six and six Taylor five and seven, Buck Sanders eight and four, Ross Jeez. Martin seven and five, John myself six and six, Jason six and six, and then the big TA seven and five. All right, everybody good with their predictions because we're locking those in before I. That's ask what you. I got. Buck mm-hmm. with eight and four. Wait a second, I picked Central Florida to win, Miami to win, Virginia Tech to win. Georgia Tech to win. Uh, okay. No, Buck seven and five. Then I thought you said uh wait, hold on. Lord have no. mercy. Is this right, like the Oscars or something? Ross Buck's, is ready to get out of here. Buck man. is Come either on. eight and four or seven and five. We'll give him a swing one either way. But I had you as eight and four, Buck. <laughs> okay. Hey, so th- so while we're waiting, let's go through the the most important game. I thought that was an interesting conversation we had off air. Uh yep. if we want to go kind of round table and who thinks or pick what game you think is the most important on the schedule. I, I agree start with Greg and just go, and go through. Well, I, I think, I think it's Duke uh, just because, you know, the, the state games at home and uh, I get that, but I think North Carolina can handle that one, but going on the road at Duke, I think people fan the fan base anyway, think that UNC should beat Duke. And I think with that game kind of building up towards the end of the year and toward bowl eligibility, I think a lot of people will have that one circled more so than maybe the other ones. That's an interesting take. I'd be interested to see what our, our listeners and our readers and the message board folks think of that. Taylor, your thoughts on most important looking at schedule now as in whole, what's the most important game on there for you? For me, I would say it's Pittsburgh just kind of getting off on the right foot in ACC play, you know, either when those staggered suspensions are starting or the depth starts really taking a hit on the guys that are just finishing up that four game suspension. Um, so for me, it would be Pittsburgh getting off on the right foot. Buck, your thoughts. I mean, we've had this discussion a lot over the years, but your thoughts on the most important game this year. Uh, you know, I've already said uh, off the, you know, when we were talking before that we started uh, recording this, 
I think he's got to beat. I think North Carolina has to beat NC State this year uh, for a lot of reasons. Um, if I think also think they have to beat Duke, but if I had to flip a coin between those games as which one is the most important, I would say it's the NC State game. It's also the last game of the year. It's, uh, you know, there's a lot more NC State fans in the workplace than there are Duke fans. And, uh, you know, that matters. So I, I would say the NC State game is the most important. Ross, your take. The most important game is the next game. Oh, yeah, no, you can't, can't go you took my answer. Go, you can't go there. You started you this egg on roundtable and you go there. You can't do that. We go. Now, maybe got Tamont Fox and Malik Carney both playing. I think the staff is going all in with some, uh, you know, knowing the importance of this game to get one no on the schedule. I do kind of agree with what uh, Taylor said. I, I kind of agreed off air that Pitt's very important, especially because it's a home game to get that win at home to get things going in the ACC. But hey, if UNC starts one no, things look a lot better if they can beat ECU, be two and no heading into the home slate. Um, and winning on the road for the first game of the season, I think, is big. I don't disagree there. John, your thoughts? All right, so on a podcast with Don Callahan that I'm sure all of you guys listen to, I know Buck sure did because, you know, Buck and Don, two peas in a pod there. Uh, Don and I kind of talked about this one in from a recruiting standpoint, but I think it, tra- it transfers over to just importance of the season. It's the NC State game by far. I mean, look, if Carolina only wins five games, but one of those games is the NC State game, I think that the off-season discussions are a lot more tame than if Carolina went seven and five but lost to NC State. I think that game is that important to the fan base and for just the perception because State's kicking Carolina's butt in in-state recruiting this year, and that's got to change. Jason Staples. Yeah, I really don't have much to add because I think everybody's basically said what I what I would say in several different ways. Um, I think if I had to just say, looking at the schedule as a whole, it's got to be NC State. You have to you have to lock down your state with the with the next best recruiter, the 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 team you recruit head to head against the most, and uh, and reestablish that pecking order. But I do really understand the other two. I, I think you can make a case for several others, but most particularly for for that Cal and, and Pitt game, because those games set the table for the rest of the year, and that 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 really makes a difference as well. And and you win the Cal game, and that can potentially juice the recruiting up on the front end. But again, I think it's it's just hard not to go with NC State here. Yeah, it's one of those. And, and, go ahead. I'm going to jump in and uh, give Ross a, a few kudos there because. Beating California would be huge. And uh, according to the ESPN FBI, FPI, they're the second toughest game on North Carolina's schedule. So if North Carolina were to beat California, then then I think that would be a good – it would be auspicious for the results for the rest of the season. I, I think they need to get off to a good start. I, I think they – I think if Carolina could somehow pull 4-0 in the first four – some of this recruiting issues in state may change rather rapidly, but that not happening, I think they've got to be the NC State. I agree with Greg and Buck. I, I think, uh, well, no, Greg said Duke. I, I think you got to beat state, and whatever happens, whether they're eight and four with a loss to state or five and seven with a win to state, I think if you beat state to end the season. 
that moves you forward somehow. Anyway, I, I don't but know. I, but, but Tom, I think I think everybody's kind of hitting on the key points. When you talk about these games, whether it's Cal, whether it's Pitt, Duke, or State, these are all winnable games. And I think if you look at the schedule, there's two surefire wins and ECU and Western. And for me anyway, there's two probable losses in Miami and Central Florida. The other eight are all toss-ups. So I don't think it's out of the the realm to say this team could go eight and four or it could go four and eight, depending on the the breaks. There's a number of years where you say, wow, those are five losses. Or, okay, these are six for sure wins. And it's pretty easy figuring out how good this team's going to be. But when you have so many toss-up games, injuries are going to be a big role, whether or not the quarterback situation plays out, uh, who wins the turnover margin. We know that a lot of that's random. So many minor things like that can can play a role in in North Carolina winning more of these games than losing. And that's you know I think you win California, well all of a sudden that's one of the fifty fifty games in your favor. Now you can start talking about maybe you're better than six and six, maybe seven and five or even eight and four is an option. You lose that game now you're saying okay well, we're going to get enough wins to get to a bowl game. I agree with that. I'm going to let Greg Barnes leave us with those words. I think Carolina is in a position they could go eight and four. They could go four and eight. I don't think any of it would surprise me watching from afar. But like I said, I think they got to be NC State. That's got to be in the win column. Guys, I appreciate it. It's been a long podcast. It's been a fun podcast. Uh, Y'all have been patient with me. Y'all have been patient with each other. Greg, Taylor, Buck, Ross, John, and Jason. We're going to talk a lot from here on out, from here until December. Guys, I enjoyed it tonight. Thanks, Tommy. Yeah, thanks, Tommy. Thanks for the rest of you guys, too. Good stuff. Loud noises. <laughs> thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.